Hey, it's Craig from Revolution Radio. This is just a reminder. Can you hit that subscribe button? That way you never miss a new episode of Canadian AF. And now, Revolution Radio and Canadian AF are proud to announce we are the newest members of a collective of some of the planet's greatest content creators on the new Cryer Media family. You can check out all the goodies that Cryer Media has to offer, including this podcast, at Cryer.co. Once again, that's C-R-I-E-R dot C-O. Thanks so much for listening to Revolution Radio, and enjoy this podcast. Right now on your air, prick. and listen, you know, at least well, I hey. at least I warned you this time, right? Yeah, so there you're you go. consistently a prick. So <laughs> listen, you know, if the shoe fits, right? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Canadian as Fuck right here, episode 56 on Revolution Radio. My name is DJ Craig G, um, one of the guys here at Revolution Radio that basically runs this thing. Beside me is my man Dimitri Alexiou, who is a musician, uh, teleprompter operator, uh, music historian. He is basically either a Jeff Woods or an Alan Cross but unfortunately doesn't have his own radio show. Nice plug show. there. So, nice plug. Right? So there doesn't you have, go. Doesn't have my yeah. own what? Your own radio show. But you will oh. soon. You will soon. Oh, well, what? We'll Derek see. Lewis, uh, beneath <laughs> me, uh, tattoo artist, tattoo guru, um, amazing photographer, amazing musician, singer, songwriter. Love these guys. I've known both of these guys for literally 150 fucking years. And uh, they're, I don't they're, think I've been along that They're life. great. That's, yeah. I, uh, like, we and, and, have and, over, and over to... And over You're to my and shit. over to my left uh, is uh, Craig Gador, who's like who's a liar, who who exaggerates all the fucking time. Drinks a loaf of bread, <laughs> you know. Like, so I'm taking but it he's easy a, actually he, on the loaf of bread right now. So there you go. And anyway, that's he's a, but he's nice, you know. Bit of a he's, prick. He's a good. He's well, okay. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. Fuck like, but both yeah, of you guys, okay? Fuck both of you. All right now. So. Here uh, oh, now we have uh, surprisingly we have surprisingly we still have he's still with us <laughs> <laughs> still uh, here. a man that w- basically this guy has been called just names having the greatest greatest fucking voice ever of all time Jeff <laughs> narrates a bazillion things we're going to talk about Jeff's incredible career but Jeff has been a program director music director. Uh, radio host, DJ. He's a podcast uh, host. He's got two podcasts, incredible podcasts, by the way, I may add. Um, and we're going to talk to Jeff all about those podcasts as the uh, broadcast essentially goes on. And, <clears throat> and we're just going to find out from this incredible man. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, brother. We really seriously appreciate you being here and uh, taking the time to hang with this lowly, lowly bunch of weirdos <laughs> on Canadian AF. <laughs> Thank you. Thank the three of you. Really, yeah. I, I want to know more about you guys. So I'll, I'll I'll answer your questions. But you know, done, done, and done. So we are going to uh, have I'll lots of fun tonight. Questions. And I'll answer uh, your questions too. But yeah, you know. I won't answer a, not a <laughs> damn thing. <laughs> that it's Nothing. probably just, I'm not I'm not here to be questioned. It's probably better like that, Derek. It's probably right? better. As it's Gord- better for us if you don't, you don't understand, as, 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 yeah. as Gord Downey would say. Absolutely. Uh, so let's get this thing going. And go. uh, Dimitri, acknowledgement, please. Oh, yeah. Well, Canadian as fuck would like to begin by acknowledging the indigenous peoples of all the lands that we are on today. While we meet tonight on a virtual platform, we would like to take a moment to acknowledge the importance of the lands we call home. 
And we do this to reaffirm our commitment and our responsibility in improving relationships between nations, to improving our own understanding of local indigenous peoples and cultures, and to try to move forward in experience in a spirit of reconciliation and collaboration. Thank you, Dimitri. Greatly appreciate it, brother. Um, mm-hmm. We are going to start. Great, by a- the way, I have to say that's so great. I heard that on a previous episode because I listened. I love that you do that. Thanks, Jeff. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I have to. Acknowledge well, we're it. trying to be a better country. We're yeah. trying to. We're trying to be a better people. Yep. And, and, and in, in order to be a better time. country, we have to do it. We we have to do it individually. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can't right. just be like everybody has to do this. Then it's it's kind of mm. yeah. Absolutely. But if 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 you take on if you take on the small jobs, the big jobs get done. Amen, boys. Amen. Absolutely. So um, we want to get this podcast going, and we want to start this podcast off right with the incredible voice of Jeff Woods. And what we want to do is, I'd love to get. I'm sure you got a million stories about working with Canadian artists, interviewing Canadian artists. Um, so we're going to get to all sorts of great fun stuff to talk about tonight. But if we could get you uh, to introduce our first tune um, by Rush. Oh, you went with Rush first. What a great idea. Um, Can I tell you, do I have a bit of time? You've got as much time in the world as you want. Done. You've got two hours, man. Yeah, you (laughs) want to do two hours. Because I can can do the, here's, you know, know, the importance of this song, historically, blah, 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 what it meant to Rush. But yeah. A lot of songs, I suspect for all of us, at least some of the ones that we choose to expose and shine light on here, are, 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 are memories that you had listening to them, right? And this one in particular by Rush, the first song from their fifth album. Uh, I would go to my neighbor's house in the late 70s, and he, whenever I came over, I didn't know if it was coincidence or if it was my intro song. It was as if, because we didn't have cell phones. It's not like you texted and said, I'll be right over. You just kind of went over. And the music was so loud, I'd let myself in. He lived in the basement of his parents' house. And I would go down the stairs, and it, he would have this song on every time I arrived. <laughs> like, how? Right? You had your own entrance music. <laughs> I had my own entrance music. <laughs> he, was, he was peeking through that, that little basement window. I suspect so. The bushes. But he dropped the, he dropped the needle on the vinyl. Just as I was coming down the stairs, he had no sense of when I would open the door. Wow. It, it was wonderful. And then that's my memory of it. It could, be, it, it could be completely off. That's the way I feel about it when I hear it, is going down the stairs and hearing it, the needle drop and hearing it play. And uh, mm. uh, Neil Peart calls uh, this song, the Rush song, it's one of their favorites, one of the three guys' favorites, because it was a song that encapsulated everything they wanted Rush to represent. Um, and they were introducing more synth and, and, and pedals and things other than the obvious, the, the three-piece drums, bass, guitar. Th- they loved it, and I loved it too, because it sounded, sounds still, like it did all those years ago. It sounds important to me. Like a lot of Rush, like a lot of progressive rock sounds important, kind of, doesn't it? Because it's a build. Like, like for those who love classical music, you put it on and the room just feels bolder better bigger more important so i love it it's uh the fifth rush album the first track it was the first time rush recorded outside of toronto they went to wales 
And they nice. did a lot. They did a lot of recording outside. They wanted more nature. They felt confined when they recorded Twenty One Twelve. They were in a studio. They were stuck in a studio. Here they were taking trips outside, take a leak in the woods, and then go record cut one. From, <laughs> I think I think it took three weeks, maybe two to three weeks, to record the record, which is typical back then. We didn't take a year of sessions like we often do now. So let's play it. You're ready. I'm ready. Uh, side one. Cut one of A Farewell to Kings by Rush. Episode 56 with our guest host, Mr. Jeff Woods, live. Canadian as fuck. This is Revolution Radio Canada.
Revolution Radio Canadian as fuck, episode 56. That was the absolute fucking gorgeous, stem-walking, dancing queen legend, Tina Turner, and some, some guy named Brian Adams. Hey, 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 come on now. What? Hey, what? No, that was great. Start um, with a Y. In the in the 80s, I thought in the 80s, I thought Brian Adams genuinely rocked. I, I oh, think. no, Brian Adams, Brian Adams has always rocked. I think he's that. always been great. Well, he kind of somewhere along the line, he sort of became Canada's answer to Richard Marks, you know? You and uh, yeah, he sort of like around Don Juan DeMarco or something, you know? Really? Like, is that just, because of the Robin Hood soundtrack? It started there. It started there. Like, because I think that Mutt Lang sort of made him sound a lot like Def Leppard around 1991, you know? He get, because, like, before before when he was working with uh, Bob Clearmountain, he he sounded more like a genuine rocker. And then, a like, edgier, and, a little edgier. Yeah. And then, yeah. and you heard that, and you heard people in the 80s comparing Adams to Springsteen. Mm. And they weren't being, and they weren't, I didn't really buy into that. But we have, but the we have thing opened is, a can of worms here today. Well, I'm just saying, you know, this is what we well, we talk we talk what we t- we talk about our feelings here on Canadian. There's a couple no, totally, of totally totally we do couple totally of things about this record I adore. Number one, it was released. I have exactly the same birthday as Brian Adams, which is November fifth, and this re- this album was released November fifth in 1984. I know Jeff is a drummer, as am I, and two of my favorite drummers in the world actually perform on this record track four which is heaven uh the great steve smith of course of journey fame um yeah. plays on this uh plays on that track and on it's only love featuring tina turner mickey curry plays drums on that and mickey curry if if you um if you've ever seen the mtv unplugged brian adams uh the drummer that just has an amazing pocket and an incredible incredible feel uh, playing on that record on the MTV Unplugged, that is Mickey Curry. So two uh, nice. two drummers I I love that played both played on this record. You know, right. another drummer that sounds really good on that more recently is uh, Pat Seward. He's a he's Brian's drummer and a friend of mine. Really, Pat I? Stewart. I still leave a T out of his name. Pat. No, Stewart. I think you said Pat Stewart. Yeah, yep. a hell yep. of a nice guy, a hell of a drummer, and and I've seen him out on the road with with uh, Colin James too, playing drums for him. Oh, no, recently. I just saw Colin James last year. Yeah. Um, um, uh, Pat Stewart is uh, follically challenged. Um, so that's one way you can identify him. But he's just mm. muscular, but but finesse. He's a finesse drummer, too. But he can kill. He kills it like like Grohl. But I'm getting off topic. I'm just thinking about Pat. No, that's awesome. We get off topic every episode yeah. every and, single episode and, and all and all and all four of us here are follically gifted yeah right we are yes gifted. well, yes, it's very well i'm not as i'm not as gifted as you guys but i do still have hair so i'm <laughs> yeah. i'm okay for now for now here's some so, trivia guys another guy um that you guys know is a is a, is a pretty great musician it's born the same day as brian adams who is it you're gonna same year yourself. same year uh, no, younger, younger than Brian. Canadian? Younger than Brian. Not Canadian, American. Did a solo tour, came to Massey Hall a few months ago. Um, oftentimes, when he plays live in concert, people will yell out, uh, run to you, or, 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 or some other Brian Adams song. 
Oh, oh, oh Ryan. Ryan, Ryan Adams. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Adams. Adams. Are you Which serious? Which is great. Yeah. They, they really? yell that at Ryan Adams? They do. Bill yells, yeah, he used to say go fuck yourself. Well, he probably still says go fuck yourself. He, and he was did. born and he was born and he has the same birthday, same birthday. as Brian. Yeah. At, yeah. I did not know that. that but he also has the same parents. birthday as Craig G. So. He also, yes, that's more importantly. Wow. Thanks, more importantly. More importantly. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm going to do my quote. So yeah, Brian, Ad- Brian Adams <laughs> was quoted because he, he was uh, asked about um, uh, how, how this, ha- how, how him and Tina Turner got together to make this album and he was quoted as saying uh tina was making the album private dancer and uh his uh, her producer carter called me up and asked me to write a song for her but i was making the reckless album at the time and didn't have a spare song or did i i asked him if she'd sing on my album and hope to hear back from her um toward the end of making my album i heard that tina was coming to, to vancouver as a supporting act for lionel richie and as i hadn't heard back i sent a copy of the song to her manager uh, Roger Davies, who asked if I would meet Tina after the show, which of course Brian was like, "Fuck yeah, let's do that." So he goes, um, uh, and it was spectacularly Tina. The show, okay. Um, there was a lot of people backstage, and I could see her hair coming down the hallway, higher and above everyone else before you even saw her. But it was uh, it was unmistakable. And she shuffled through the crowd and all he could hear her saying was, where is he? Which one is he? <laughs> and then he met Tina Turner. Fantastic. That's awesome. I really he was that. only he, he was only I, I love that. I didn't know that he was only 24 when he recorded that. Guess how old she was. Uh, she, she was, was in her 40s. She was yeah, in mid 40s. 40s, yeah, right? 40s yeah. Half yeah. her life ago. I mean, yeah, she passed. Rest in peace, Tina. God yeah. love her. Somebody got uh, onto my Facebook the other day and I'm like, read the room. I had to ask her to read the room a couple of times. She never really learned how to read the room. Somebody, you know, in the story that I quoted from, the queen of rock and roll is dead. She got into a a pissing match with, with, I guess, with me mostly. Nobody else wanted to wade into this murky, stupid water. if, If that's rock and roll, then, you know... I'm, you know, some, some stupid correlation. Oh, come on. Like, you know, and, and I said, come, yeah, come on. I said, Bessie Smith was queen of the blues. If we need to, you know, go there and, and name people and, and yeah. sometimes why not? And Janice Joplin, Joplin kind of took that over and, 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 you know, we had the queen of soul in Aretha, mm-hmm. but Tina, Tina, I mean, listen to Nutbush City Limits, listen to anything she did with Ike that was powerful. And so I think her, her, her. Her criticism was that private dancer was 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 not that. Mm. So shut up. Yeah, I mean, exactly. don't shut oh, up, but go away. Was, yeah. Private dancer. It was the eighties, and uh, to to uh, to quote D. Snyder about the fucking eighties. Um, every producer, every record label, every like every manager said to every artist, "You got to have a ballad. You got to do a ballad." Yeah, and they all did. Yep. Yeah, because because fucking uh, what was it? I can't remember who did it. I don't remember who did it first, but they were like, and it, and it went off. It went off like a rocket, and everybody was like, "Oh, well, we should all jump on this bandwagon." What this about selling. love? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The heart track but, is a great the example. Heart track, but, yeah. but like, there but were so you, many. But are you telling me like if it's only love isn't rock, then what is it? If better be good to me isn't rock, then what is it? You know, it's well, like it's only love. Yeah, pop, I guess. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, don't I, like, know. I like Jeff's answer better. Yeah, 
because he just <laughs> snuck it in and nobody 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 nobody, <laughs> nobody even heard it <laughs> i thought nobody he heard it. i was like that was good that's why Hold jeff on. woods is a ninja i'm <laughs> calling is. it right here he's a ninja, a ninja. <laughs> uh, yeah i actually broke i broke um I broke Facebook a couple of days ago too, Jeff. I had a conversation about Roger Waters. Um, oh well, and yeah, uh, yeah so that was interesting. Oh, can of worms. Yeah, interviewed him once, and uh, and I asked the question that everybody was you know thinking about in the audience, but it was the one of only two times I wasn't one on one with somebody. I was six on one. It was a gangbang of interviews. It was uh, six different uh, so called journalists. I was one of them that had to be on a conference call with Roger Waters. And, uh, okay, I'll get my one or two questions in, one of which was for the audience of the radio station, the radio company I worked for, which was, what about, and this would have been 90, late 90s? They'd long been in and out of court over everything, David mm -hmm. and Roger. And so I thought it's about time to ask the question that everybody's thinking about, what about Pink? Because they did reunite, as you know, for Live 8, not that long after. I said, what about Pink Floyd reuniting? What about you and David, you know, kissing and making up? I didn't use that uh, uh, phrase, but, mm -hmm. and, and he, he's like, oh, that's so passe. And then, and then I got groans from the other six journalists. I shot the, really? You guys were all thinking of it. Yeah. Nobody had the, to, to say it. The hornets. They, yeah. they all asked the question, how did you come up with the name Pink Floyd? <laughs> mm, brilliant. <laughs> Wicked. That's awesome. Um, his his negativity though, you know, prevails. Yeah, to this day. Anyway, sorry. Um, we are going to keep this train a rolling because we've got kick-ass tunes to get to, and we're going to ask our man Dimitri to chat all about the wonderful woman that we all completely fucking adore here at this radio station. Oh Buffy yeah, Saint Marie. We're going back to 1965 for uh, for one of her most covered tracks um there are those who say that this is saint marie's most well-known track some say this is the first feminist anthem but as she said in the documentary buffery saint marie carry it on this song is saying this is so wonderful and we'll make it happen until it's time for you to go and it doesn't say why you have to go but it allows your loved one to leave the room um this song apparently was the love song of Elvis and Priscilla Presley. Um, mm. And he wanted to record it. And Colonel Tom said that in order for him to record it, Buffy St. Marie had to give up some of the rights to it. But in her earlier history, she had let the rights to Universal Soldier go to Donovan for way too little. And she learned a lesson from that. So she stood her ground when it came to until it's time for you to go. And uh, eventually negotiations with Elvis, basically they bent over because he really wanted to record the song. So she got properly compensated for this one. Bravo. Mm. She made a lot of money. Not only did Elvis cover this, Neil Diamond covered it, the Four Pennies covered it, New Birth covered it, Barbara Streisand covered it, a hell of a lot of people covered this one. Nice. And so um so this is uh so this without this is until it's time for you to go by Buffy St. Marie on Canadian as fuck in partnership with Cryer Media. You're not a dream, you're not an angel, you're a man. 
I'm not a queen, I'm a woman, take my hand We'll make a space in the lives that we'd planned And here we'll stay until it's time for you to go Yes, we're different, worlds apart, we're not the same We laughed and played at the start like in a game You could have stayed outside my heart, but in you came And here you'll stay until it's time for you to go Don't ask why Don't ask how of mine had no beginning it has no end I was an oak now I'm a willow now I can bend and though I'll never in my life see you again still I'll stay until it's time for you to go
November. <laughs> November 1975, the album Northern Lights, Southern Cross, the band. If ever there was a song that expressed the absolute pain and torture a person, a man in this case, Rick Danko, the bassist from the band, was going through uh, at the loss of love. I mean, that's it. The, the, those, those words and that and that pain and and i relate to him and we're both capricorns and i met the man and he was sweet as pie and he died five years younger than i am now i think about him every week i think about the band every day i think about danko every week they're so good so good they're just like so much just right? what what a collective what a group of musicians i mean every single one of them just had a perfect place in the band i mean it was it, they were just they were so leave on helm for me is is just a, an absolute genius i just love and it. a I, sweet and a sweet oh i talk about a rhythm section with, with leave on and rick yeah. i mean the notes uh the, one of the favorite quotes is how rick can play the same note for two or three bars but but make it sound unlike anybody can make it sound make it matter make it count there's timing bit before the beat bit after the beat his is the way he hit those bass notes you know what i'll tell you a little thing i was lucky fortunate to meet everybody in the band except for richard manuel who died in the in the in the early 80s um of suicide <laughs> there was a lot of depression in the band i, I guess it comes when you're in the 70s and you're drinking and you're drugging and you're touring and you're living it up and you're living it down um rick was that guy right i met him uh, before a show in 94 right after he got into the hall of fame with the band and he was sweet he didn't have much to say levon was kind of the spokesperson mm -hmm. but he, but he tried he showed up he showed up mm -hmm. and once he got on stage like like another bass player we can think of jack bruce jack bruce would be legless on tour you know years after cream as a solo guy play the docks or whatever and they'd kind of wheel him out practically i'm not even kidding and then he'd stand there and play like a motherfucker, right he played yeah. like it was 1968 or 67 it was cream on stage and danko was kind of this and you know bass players it's a thing i'll give you a third one things come in threes uh, howie epstein from uh, petty's band Mm. Petty said, you know, gone back to the original basis, but for quite a while it was Howie Epstein. Little unassuming guy, played bass. He was my favorite bass player in the, in the Heartbreakers. Also wasted during the show, but hit notes no one would ever know unless, you know, they were standing next to him. Mm. They, they, they have a way of just suspending that being wasted thing <laughs> and playing yeah. like. And just yeah, and, and and being able to to just pull it out, I you know, I don't know about anybody really? here that's you know that's a musician. I I could never do that. I could I could. It's never, hard to play drums drunk. I could never get up it's on. It's really kit. hard just, to play drums drunk. You all all fucked up. I just couldn't do it. You know. Yeah. I know Keith Moon could, but uh, Mooney, yeah. but Mooney wasn't wasn't human. So there you go. Um, <laughs> no, he wasn't. So uh, I I wanted to uh, talk to you, Jeff, real quick, um, just about uh, your podcasts. We'll start first off with the Records and Rock Stars. Um, it is number one. It's fucking awesome. Um, you've just done so many amazing interviews with so many amazing people, and I love also your themed shows where you you'll talk about like I think you've just you you finished doing stories in New York recently, and the the. Uh, uh, podcasts were, were fucking incredible um thank you listen thank you i have to stop you and just say thank yes. you because 
have people that care about this stuff um make make me make me happy in that they care about not just the songs but some of the stories behind them so thank you um when did how long has that guy been going when did you start that um uh 20 2016 i started the podcast originally just as a way to to continue to do interviews with bands so i had a little studio in my little place in toronto and 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 people would come by and um and it was wonderful and i was just getting used to the whole podcasting thing getting a mic that i had a good mic but getting a preempted yeah. sound getting the technical thing down it took a little while but then when i started up my show again records of rock stars was born out of the legends of classic rock i parted ways with the corporation and of course as alan found out uh, and as i found out when you leave the corporation they own your show so 14 seasons of the legends of classic rock went on a shelf and i went away and i thought wait a minute um there was no show without me i mean there, there could have been a different show but there was, that show existed because of me mm -hmm. so i changed the name you know it's, it's another show with a theme about music with a new name so i started the radio show up um, and kept it separate and then one day i realized as Alan, I took a, I took a cue from Alan Cross. He takes his radio show every week, which is an hour long. He scopes it and and uses clips clips of songs instead of whole songs, and it becomes a twenty minute episode. I started doing that a couple of years ago, and quickly, you know, it grew into one hundred and eighty five episodes rather than just interviews. I have the radio show too. It's kind of neat though because, and I'll and I'll wrap it this way. Um, people say, oh, you don't play the whole song in the podcast. They go, yeah, but you know what? You can get the whole song anywhere, and you may have heard it before. Mm -hmm. But I try to give you some information around it that you might not have heard before. So it's really the stories and the history like we're doing today. But you played the whole song, so thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, the By the way, the version on The Last mm -hmm. Waltz is fantastic at that, too. Oh, gosh, just, yeah. And Robbie, again, Robbie Robertson, still, as far as I'm concerned, wickedly underrated guitar player. I just think he's fantastic. That song was a great example, yeah, wasn't it? Absolutely. Oh, and going back to, if I may as well, we, we got <laughs> so busy with drummers, because again, as I say, I know Jeff uh, plays drums. I, I completely forgot one of my all-time favorite, literally top five guitarists of all time, Keith Scott from Brian Adams for me is an unbelievable guitar player, super, super tasteful, and he just just kind of knows how to fit perfectly into a song he's just he's absolutely I, yeah about keith scott i saw him i saw him and brian perform it's only love at a at a fundraiser for sunnybrook hospital and oh, uh oh, nice yeah it was just the two of them like there was nobody else but brian and keith and it was just smoking it was just like it was just mesmerizing like there was no drums no bass and it and it worked awesome so it's, it's, no, no mickey curry no mickey curry yeah it's a, it's a song that, that it's it's it is a song that 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 can lend itself to be to be done that way like a lot of a lot of times like uh we have to like a lot of times musicians have to revamp and figure out a way because uh, figure out a way to write to to perform it other than how they're performing it like i know uh so so lights does that um um she she basically makes so she makes her whole album and then she always she always releases a uh an, an acoustic version yeah or a or a or a you know unplugged uh, unplugged version of of yeah. said album um and and we've we've talked about it a few times and she's she says yeah she's like i have to i have to figure out a way to play it 
because there's the way I wrote it. There's the way I recorded it. And now this has to be like, it's going to be something, it's going to be something, something, something different, something, something, something more without Mm -hmm. something more with it being less at the same time. Lights yeah. is a is a is a wonderful woman, as I understand it. And uh, and if you can overcome the challenge of having her former manager as a yeah. manager, you can do anything. You really can. <laughs> and you know what? I can't remember his name, and that's not a bad thing. I, I look at him the way I look at. Uh, this might sound extreme, but hear me out. I never say the guy that killed John Lennon. I never say his name either. To the point that last week I couldn't remember it. Now I'm not oh, equating wow. that guy to that you, guy because you don't that's want me to. You don't want me to same. remind you. You don't want no, me to. No, remind no, you. no, <laughs> it's not. No, I don't. I don't want any of it. He doesn't want that. No, different thing. It's not a fair correlation. However, mm-hmm. get, you get my point. But uh, even yeah. though you did make Jack Bruce sound like Hannibal Lecter on a like on a on a dolly, you know, being <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, you won't forget that image. No, we definitely <laughs> won't. <laughs> we're, definitely we're not talking about that. I was gonna bring up I was gonna bring up Mick Mars with that with, with that correlation because well because well Mick's a little he's got a little he's got some issues yeah he's got um, the spinal thing yeah yeah right but he's a, but exactly that like you he basically comes out he shuffles out and just stands there Bill Wyman did it for forty years I mean anybody can do that what did Bill <laughs> did Bill Wyman have like a spinal thing no but no. He, he he looked like he. He, he didn't move much. Well, when he, no, he when he got married to that that young girl back in the back in the day, he was he his, was he was walking with a cane. His backbone yes. was sliding. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it, most cert- <laughs> it most certainly was. <laughs> um, and um, so let's again keep this this train rolling. We have got um, our man Derek is going to tell us all about uh, Cadence Weapon. Cadence Weapon. That's it. That's all I got. That's no. not telling us um, anything. That's not. That's you not. Have that. You have more. He's than a. That. He's a guy, um, and he sings songs. Um, uh, he's been releasing music since 1995. Um, but uh, he's been uh, co-signed with uh, a lot of Canadian musicians like Grimes. Um, Cadence Weapon's father was a DJ, and he stated that electronic music has always been a big influence on him. He was also a poet, poet lariat of Edmonton and used to contribute to Pitchfork. And while these things may not be apparent in his music, they offer some insight into what separates Cadence Weapon from the flocks of hip-hop heads, um, hip-hop head-turning rappers. Um, uh, one of the most intelligent and creative artists to come from Canada, Cadence Weapon seems to be gaining momentum <clears throat> with every release and establishing himself not just as a rapper or or a rapper's rapper, but as a true artist. Now, um, you can, when you listen, so we, uh, last last week, was it last, was last week? We were talking about flow, remember? Was that last week or the week before? Talking about what? Flow. Remember, we were talking about rap artists and, and like flow last week. Of, that was last week. Uh, last two week? two weeks before that, we did the track right. We, we right, Derek. We talk As, about flow a lot. We talk we about do. flow a lot. <laughs> you know. Um, but as I said, so I just I don't know what fucking day it is, and we have a side chat, and I, I literally said that earlier. I was like, I don't. Like half the half the time, I, I they were like, Oh, did you see? Did you see this band? They were here. I'm like, I don't know what fucking day it is. 
Oh yeah. I don't know what uh, yeah. playing where. Um, Thanks for reminding me about that side chat. Yeah. Wh- which flow are we talking about? Ant flow or Ant, no. uh, flow rider? Rap, or... rap flow. Rap flow. Rap, rap flow. There's a rap, rap flow. flow. Rap flow. Um, so basically, cadence is cadence uh, in mm. his music. Well, he's very he. Well, the thing is, he's very political. He is like he like uh um like okay. two years ago he won the po- he won the uh the Polaris Prize for Parallel Worlds his album. I Parallel was waiting Worlds. for you. I was waiting for and, you, Dimitri. Well, well, I arrived. Okay, and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> way to go. I left it out specifically great. so you could bring it up. Dimitri the loves the like, Polaris Prize. Well, really yeah. Does. Well, yeah. That's how I find out a lot of new stuff, right? And so, um, and uh. There's a song on Parallel Worlds called Skyline where he references Ford Nation. What other what other rapper is going to reference Ford Nation? What other musician? The answer is no other rapper is. No other rep- musician does. Yeah, so nobody does. But Cadence Cadence Weapon does. He certainly does. Good for how him. does he how, how does he frame it? Just as Doug Ford or what? Or Ford? Well, like that they don't. Ford what Nation. Is he saying? All right. Well, I all right. I can I can I can tell you, but like uh flow, Dimitri. Flow. <laughs> I don't have flow. Cadence weapon has flow. <laughs> I'm just wondering if he calls him Dougie. Everyone no, he calls call Fortnite. He he oh, he Ford shut, he calls out Fortnation. Gotcha. Cool. As you said. Thank you. Are you Googling? I am. You're can Googling. you hear me Googling? We can Google hear you Googling. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, somebody else talk. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, was that a song introduction? Was that a song, Derek? That was that was a song introduction. Ford, all right. There Ford nation, Ford nations for the corporations, but he don't care about the public. Whenever we ask for what we need, they say there's no room in the budget. That's not bad. Yeah, That's pretty good. Love it. And he's actually, technically speaking, he's fucking spot on as well too. So there you go. Yeah absolutely mm-hmm. spot on so long dougie um okay so let's uh <laughs> let's spin it let's let's play it so this 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 uh right here revolution radio canadian as fuck in partnership with fire media this is cadence weapon this is conditioning With no vision, comes off the lawn and run no gesture. 
is friend of Canadian as fuck Deja SB with California-based producer Veggie. And the song is Lisa Leslie, a tribute to a basketball Hall of Famer named Lisa Leslie, who was the first woman to dunk in a WNBA game in 2002. And uh, yeah, and uh, that is already... Not much more to say about that, just but except for that that's that track is less than a month old, and it's already one of my favorite songs of the year. Great, that song groove, that, that great song groove on that. Slaps. Song. Yeah, love it. No. Fantastic. I love it. I love the cadence weapon. By the way, that was good. Yeah, that was, nice, eh? <laughs> that was also good. That's not not good as opposed to that, but that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Every, everything has its relative goodness. There's goodness. There's relative this, goodness. There's this, right? Like it's everything, you know, like, you know, spaghetti's great, but ravioli has its own thing. Cade's weapon was the ravioli of that. There you go. There you are. 
<laughs> not sure how Caden's weapon I'm feels sure about that, but I'm sure uh, he'd love we, that. Comment. We may find out. We'll, uh, let's see if we can get Caden's weapon on the show. That'll be fun. <laughs> right? Why not? Why not? We'll right? give it. A, you can only ask. That's, That's right. going to be yes. a weird question. That's right. Yeah. So, are you? How does ravioli? it feel to be ravioli? <laughs> are, you, are you? Do you more? Don't. Do you more identify as ravioli? Yeah. Or Don't tell him. spaghetti. On June fifth, we on June fifth, Jeff yeah. Woods called you ravioli. <laughs> there was Here's Jeff Woods' emails. That's right. <laughs> so, all right now. <laughs> so, with with Derek and Dimitri, it just gets off the rails, and I fucking love it now. We've got, Jeff, before we get you to throw to uh, your next song, which is, of course, the great Neil Young, is there an interview that you've done over the years uh, with a Canadian artist that really kind of sticks out in your mind and why? Boom, 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 boom. I should have been prepared for this question. It is a show about Canadian music, largely. Um, There's a lot. Um, Do, 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 do. I'm just flipping through my book. (laughs) <laughs> book here there's so many interviews that stand out but i'm i i have the same sort of thinking around um artists uh, that i interviewed as i do around canadian content regulations which i am not a fan of uh, at all i i love the music don't hate the music don't hate the artist hate the regulations i just mm-hmm. regulatory bodies bother me mm-hmm. unless unless they're there well we have a criminal code system we if it's illegal then maybe step in but i just can't get over the fact and i know i'm going on a tangent here to get to the answer that you require um but (laughs) to imagine that stations that call themselves gold-based you know like classic music 60s 70s 80s i mean 80s is 40 years ago but let's imagine you're a station that wants to play soul and rock and blues and funk from the 60s and 70s that's your jam that's what you want to do people dig it you'd have a listenership and then you want to do it in canada and they're like they being you know the crtc um and canadian radio follows suit because they want other concessions about other things long story short imagine playing 35 percent canadian funk and, and blues and 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 soul from the 60s and 70s you'd run out pretty quick which is why um which is why the tragically hip gets played every 90 minutes on the radio that's not a tragically hip slam that's a that's a regulation slam yeah so uh back to the question at hand (laughs) what's a great canadian interview the one i have to point out is the one that made me feel at ease very early in my career so i'm on the radio in halifax i've been there a couple of months it's my first gig. It's Q104, the rock of the Atlantic. Big shoes, right? This is a station that was heavier than any radio station that played commercial music in Canada at the time. What was, your day, playing, what was your day part, Jeff? I was doing uh, evenings at this point. Um, and, and, then, and then I wanted more airtime. So I went to all nights and did that steady for a year. And then I went full-time evenings. And that allowed me to go to afternoons and eventually all kinds of shifts. But here's the thing. There was a six o'clock rock report like they had in Toronto. Mm-hmm. They took that and did it in, in the East Coast too. And they did it in lots of stations. So the guy that hosted it, who was a pro, um, and I was not a pro, I was, you know, new. He's like, oh, I'm going away tomorrow. Could you host the rock report? Uh, Tom Cochran's coming in with a new album. Just play the album and ask him stuff. Wow. I'll see you next week. That's a lot, right? For a brand new guy. Yeah. And it, and it, was, it, was, the, it was sort of the first album that he 
put his own name on it. it was it was Tom Cochran and Red Rider with the boy inside the man was the first love, single. Yeah, I love that song. So good. So you can imagine I'm 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 need new underwear um when I find out <laughs> I have to do it. And, yeah. and 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 I went in shaking. And Tom was so um accommodating. He knew it was the new guy. But he wasn't like, "Oh, they gave me the new guy. What the fuck is this? I got my yeah. new record and you're giving me the fucking rookie." He wasn't like that at all. He said nothing. He was super kind. And I had two copies of the vinyl record and I just, you know, went back and forth, played cuts, asked him questions about Red Rider, about putting his name on the record. They were probably all terrible questions, but he accommodated so beautifully that I was so pleased because I had it gone the other way. Yeah. I mean, I would have been deathly afraid to try it again. Yes. So that's, that, that set up my whole career. So thank you, Tom Cochran. Nice. Thank you, Tom Cochran. Absolutely. I think, yeah, we'll see. We may have to play some Tommy before the, uh, for the end of the program said song. I absolutely adore Boy Inside. I the love Boy it's Inside the Man. Track. Yeah. It's such a great, it's a perfect song. It really the is. Guitar, it really is. The crisp guitar off the intro. That 12 string guitar. And then I think there's, I think, mm. oh, Jeff, you Tell did me. on Records and Rockstars, you did mm. a, an episode on the mandolin. Yeah. I wonder I why not. I wonder if there's mandolin on Boy Inside the Man. It almost sounds like there could be, or I'm just wondering if it's maybe two twelve strings. I don't know. It didn't come up in my search for the finest mandolin songs, but now that you say it, "Losing My Religion" by REM. Yeah, it's a perfect example, right? Certainly, there was Peter Buck hanging around the house thinking, "I should try the mandolin," <laughs> and he wrote that song, "Trying the Mandolin." And it was amazing. And it was perfect. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Listening to Jeff talk, I'm like listening to his podcast right now. It's fucking awesome. It's so cool. This is so fucking cool. Anyway. It's fun. Um, you guys are all this. You guys are, we're all the same. We're yeah. music geeks. We are. And we just, and, and we're passionate about it too. Like, this is the thing too. Yeah. You know, like yeah. when I, I was, when I was at the radio station, my program director was Alan Cross and I was lucky to, to work under him. And sure. he basically taught me, you know, everything that I'm, I'm able to do. So, you know, I'm super lucky. And then like, I remember seeing, <laughs> I can tell you this, <clears throat> going up the elevator one day, I step into the elevator. It was on the 16th floor of one Dundas, uh, one Dundas West <clears throat> was the edge Q107 and AM 640 that the cluster stations, Jeff Woods gets on the elevator and I'm on the elevator with three other women. So we get up to the 16th floor and he just turns very cool. He's like, have a great day, everybody. Right. You know, we're all just like, fucking listen to his voice. <laughs> and all the women look at me and they go, he's so fucking hot. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say which names. Cause you are, you know them all, Jeff. I don't want to embarrass them, but I probably yeah. married one of them. Yeah. Yeah. You might've. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Anyway, now, uh, speaking of, our man Jeff Woods here. We're going to talk on the other side of the break. We're going to talk about your other podcast, which I've been listening to is fucking fantastic. Uh, <laughs> is behind you is the Blue Hotel. So we'll talk about that on the uh, on the other side. Jeff, would you be able to tell us about Neil Young? When this song came out, I knew it before it made it to the radio. I knew it on uh, on the record that I just bought down at the Oshawa Center. Sam, the record man and brought it home, 1979, Rust Never Sleeps. And I devoured that record um, so often. Um, but one song survived, um, as I put it, 
to the radio. Every time I hear it on the radio, it's the only song I really want to hear again. Right when it finishes, I want it to start over. So oftentimes at home, I mean, would you have a song you love? You hit play again. I used to do it in the radio once yeah. in a while. I did it with the record. I'd pull the needle back and go and go to the uh, opening of, of side two of Rust Never Sleeps. And he'd actually done, and I didn't know this, I did a little homework. I forgot that Neil had recorded an acoustic version in, way back in the fall of 75. It, it, he sent it to Ronnie Van Zant or Skinnerd and to use on the next Skinnerd album. Um, um, it never happened because of the plane crash. You know, they came out with Street Survivors and it wasn't on there. And they weren't going to do it on that record. They were apparently possibly going to do it for the next. So all the talk about Southern Man and Sweet Home Alabama and the rift between Ronnie Van Zandt and Neil Young, that's all anybody ever talks about. But this is cooler to think that Skinner might have done the song you're about to hear from Neil Young. Other bands like Drive-By Truckers and Cowboy Junkies and Bad Horses, who I love, would do it. But nobody could ever do it quite like Neil Young. It's Powderfinger, and it's, uh, and it's right here on Canadian as Fuck, the podcast. Look out, mama, there's a white boat coming up the river With a big red beacon and a flag and a man on the rail I think you better call John Cause I don't look like they're here to deliver Less than a mile away I hope they didn't come to stay It's got numbers on the side And a gun and it's making big Cover me with the thought that pulled the trigger 
So that was a surprise to me. Um, <laughs> although I talked about it, I was expecting. Uh, that's the great thing about live radio. You never know what you're going to get. We need the version uh, that's from Russ Never Sleeps, that big one, the one with the crazy electric guitar. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Boy <laughs> Inside the Man. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, way, I'm way past that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. But, uh, um, no, don't worry about it. We can we can just chat about it. The, the, the one that, that just blows my mind is the, is the full electric version of Powderfinger by Neil because the way it builds is the way the story builds, right? There's this, 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 this kid, the youngest of the so-called men that's left home alone. And this, uh, this boat comes uh, tripping towards the uh, shore and on it are a bunch of guys with rifles and, uh, or a bunch of guys that are a gunboat basically is what they called it. And there's this kid that's got to protect the family and he's got to do it alone. And what are his chances? Not great. And the way Neil's uh, guitar builds and the way the band builds this song up, you feel the tension. You feel the fear. You feel like it's you. I mean, I always do when I hear it. And, and I just want to hear it again and again and again and again and again. And when stations are cool enough to play it, so-called rock stations, I just think that's the right song to play. You know, we yeah, can hear play. Cinnamon Girl anytime, but. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, was, I think was that record call uh, recorded at uh, is it Sound City? Dave Grohl did that great um, documentary. Was Russ, was Russ Never Sleeps recorded there? I can't remember. I think it might have been. Every time I, I had remember, that but... uh, jacket in my hand, I should have been reading that. Yeah, where was that recorded? Uh, if you're right, you win a prize. No, um, no, I'm wrong. It looks like. No. Oh no, wait a minute. Russ Never Sleeps. Well, no, that's the venue. So, yeah, no, no. Woodland Studios in Nashville, Triad Studios in Fort Lauderdale, Indigo Ranch in Malibu, the boarding house in San Francisco. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Russ. Such, oh, what a great record. Such a great freaking record. Um, we Maybe we can close with that. Maybe I'll, I'll go and send you the MP3. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I already think, did. Uh, yeah. Oh, you already did. Perfect. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. I think I actually have it anyway. Um, now, uh, let's do this. So I'm going to talk to Derek about the uh, Ermina uh, track that he has. Going to figure that out with him. Is it? Did you send that to me in that email? It's like 30 seconds long, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Do you want to do that? Because it's literally to. 30 seconds long. Yeah. And then I'll it's get 30 uh, seconds. I'm and then I'll get something up for uh, our man uh, Dimitri. Okay. Yeah. So no, go ahead. Totally. Ha! Okay, so um, there is uh, an artist that uh, another another artist that we absolutely adore uh, on 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 uh, Canadian as fuck um, uh, by the name of Jeremy Dutcher. Now we're not going to play a Der Jeremy Dutcher song because I, I promised Craig that I wouldn't play a Jeremy <laughs> Dutcher song for at least a year. 
because <laughs> we have played the living hell out of this guy. Um, it and his work is fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. But he does he does work uh, um, uh, for the uh, the uh, I believe it's the the Canadian Museum for Civilization. Um, uh, now they they possess this is this is what's brilliant. He works in the preser he worked in the preservation department, um, and they're preserving. Uh, uh, they have a, a, a total of um, uh, thirty three hundred and twelve original wax cylinders. Now the wax cylinders. Uh, were recorded between 1899 and 1949, and these were um, these were what recordings were were originally on. So if you if you can think about if you think about a candle, now think about recording music on a candle. Wow, like, like <laughs> yeah, this this is what was going on. This is this is literally the end of the 1800s and into into the 1900s. This is how we recorded music. Now, um, uh, of 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 the thirty three hundred and twelve uh, uh, wax cylinder recordings that they have, sixteen hundred and ninety two include songs of uh, folkloric music recorded mainly uh, about about French Canadians. Uh, the remaining sixteen hundred and twenty. Uh, relate to various Aboriginal peoples, including the Inui of Canada. Now, um, I, I, for the life of me, I, I don't, and I didn't, I didn't write it down. I can't remember the uh, um, the community which uh, which Darren, Jeremy Dutcher hails from, um, but nobody speaks that language. It's 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 classified as a lost as a, as, yeah. as a lost language, right? Um, uh so the only uh so they have they have uh uh like transcripts and translations of that of that language but they also have wax recordings and when he came across them when he came across the wax wax recordings in 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 this archive they like it moved him so much that he he created music with them um, as I said, we're not going to play that because I said I wouldn't do it. But Craig and Dimitri both know that I love digging into like weird history stuff. So um, this is a song sung by laborers or boatmen, probably originating in France. Uh, shoemakers used to be an inferior social class. I don't know why that's in there, but it was a key point and I put it in. Um, uh, some couplets, including that of the settler, were probably added over time after the song was introduced to New France. Several versions of the song were recorded, including one by Easy Massicot Ma uh, in 17, uh, 1917 to 1918, uh, sung by Vincent Ferrer, uh, Fuck, Dimitri, I really need you to say French things. Uh, Vincent Freire de... Rep, rep, Let me see what I can do. <laughs> I fuck, I can't. I don't speak French. I never have. It was a good attempt, though, buddy. I got to so, tell you. I, I will stumble uh, through anything. Some by Vincent Ferrier de Repetigny of, of Beauharnois. Wow, you do it so well. Well... 
I don't know whether what a French person would have to say about my pronunciation, <laughs> but it's, yeah, I feel like I feel like Matt Damon in in uh, in uh, Team America. Team America. <laughs> no, in Monuments Men. Oh, honestly. sorry. Yeah, different. Movies. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. Uh, yeah. Um, and another by Matt, uh, Matt Damon gets too much shit. He really know? does. Uh, uh, Maurice Bardot in uh, 1925, uh, sung by uh, Ermina. LeBlanc of Orleans Island. And this is by her. It's very short, but it's really interesting. Very short. It's, we got like 30 seconds of this. Very cool. Here's the tune that Dimitri's going to tell you about on the other side. Canadian as fuck. Revolution Radio. One, two, three, four.
Revolution Radio Canadian as fuck. Now, I'm going to get some heat about that song. I am. I'm going to get some heat about that. Um, now, Whatever for. Whatever for. But we've tied looser fucking threads. We've tied looser threads. We uh, we we allowed heart on Canadian as fuck at one point. We have. We have. So we have tied looser threads. So the reason this is a loose thread is because the... Uh, uh, the melodic voicings of Mr. Bo Boken uh, is uh, is is on that uh, on that just just recently released track that was released in that was released in May. That's just that's brand new from Bless the Fall right here on Canadian as fuck Revolution Radio. Now, Bo Boken is married to uh, my friend Lights, and they live in BC, and they have lived in BC for quite a few years now, which is why this gets a pass. Because otherwise, Bless the Fall is an American metalcore band from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, signed to Rise Records, the band was founded in 2004 uh, by guitarist uh, Mike Frisbee, drummer uh, Matt Trainer, and bassist and vocalist uh, Jared Rarth. Uh, their debut studio album, uh, His Last Walk, with original vocalist uh, Craig Mabbitt, was released in April uh, 2007. Their second studio album, Witness, um, excuse me, <clears throat> uh, uh, on um, uh, with their second uh, with the second vocalist, Bo Boken, was released in October two thousand nine. Their third studio album, Awakening, was released in October two thousand eleven. Their fourth studio album, Hollow Bodies, was released in August two thousand thirteen. Uh, to those left behind is the band. Band's fifth studio album, released in September 2015. Their sixth and final studio album, Hard Feelings, was released in March 2018. Following Trainer's departure, Warth became the band's only remaining original member before they became inactive in 2020. Then, on May 24, 2023, they returned with a new song, Wake the Dead, and announced a 10-year anniversary tour for their 2013 album, Hollow Bodies. And if you haven't heard Hollow Bodies, it is a fucking banger. But that was brand new from Bless the Fall, Canadian as fuck, Revolution Radio. Okay, Derek. But watch your step from now on. Watch. I'm watching. <laughs> next next, next, so next week played, is going to be Prince. Right. So we've got... <laughs> Uh, we've played some uh, Bless the Fall. We played some Happy Mondays. Okay, all right. I see. Yep. That. I actually don't see where. I'm just joking. I it's it's fine. It's so it's you know what we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give it a pass for this week. That's fine. I only do it occasionally. Yes, you do. That's Heart fine. wasn't my choice either. I no, that was Cat. That was Cat. But technically cat. speaking, I mean Heart. The, there's some CanCon in there because it was, I believe, it was recorded in Vancouver. Jeff, I'm sure, probably that, knows all about this. I in think uh, Studios. I used to live. Well, my friend lived right beside Mushroom Studios. Yeah, Dreamboat so Annie. Dreamboat Annie was all done like yeah in Vancouver. Dreamboat Annie, oh, I think, is probably one of their finest songs. Fuck, it's such a good song. Anyway. Wonderful band. Yeah, um, seriously. So were the Demics from, uh, yeah. from London, Ontario. Mm -hmm. And I realized that three, at least three of the members of the Demics, three of the four members of the Demics are long gone, dying in their 50s and 60s, one in his sleep, uh, one from cancer. I don't know about the third. Um, but what a song, New York City from the Demics. A five-song EP came out called Talks Cheap in 1979. And when we heard it, we just we just we just felt like it was our song, and we did want to go to New York City. 
<laughs> mm -hmm. and, and so you know 15 years later i was in new york city every three or four months interviewing bands and i always thought of that song whenever i landed at LaGuardia. the demics couldn't not play it today so freaking good yeah alan cross uh, gave me a, a copy jam. of uh talks cheap just such a such a great 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 ep fantastic and here for for, for 10 points alex um what other artists 10 years later made a record called talk is cheap Keith Richards, yeah, what a record! Keith Richards for the for the win, Dimitri. Nice one, Dimitri. <laughs> Good for you. I wonder um, if uh, Jeff. I wonder if Steve Jordan played on that record. Indeed, he old, did. Nice. Oh my God! Yeah, I just saw Steve, a young Steve Jordan. Oh, it was playing. It was from a Hail Hail Rock and Roll footage I posted on my Instagram account. If you don't mind me saying it, Jeff Woods Radio. Of course, only because people will want to see it after I set it up. It was the one that I never see. Usually, the one you see of Keith Richards interacting with Chuck Berry in yep. the '80s for the movie for the for the for the great yeah. movie is is the one where uh, Chuck Chuck isn't happy with the way he's playing the riff, and so he makes uh, Keith go over it and over it and over it and over it. But this other clip I posted yesterday is somebody fucked with the settings on Chuck's amp. Somebody might have been Keith, and Chuck's just like lambasting him, as it were, for touching oh. his amp. And Keith is like, eh, you know, Keith's downplaying it. Yeah. Chuck's like, losing it his mind. Like shit, but... <laughs> well, it's, it's sad, though. It's sad, though, because, like, that Keith, was, no, Chuck was one of Keith's heroes, and, like, he, he finally got to work with his hero, and then it wasn't, it wasn't a good punched him. It wasn't you know? good. But, but you know, it wasn't Keith good, and the, I feel bad. You're yeah. absolutely, you're so right, Dimitri, but the, the, I think the great, the silver lining in all of it is that Keith really took it in stride. He's like, it's Chuck fucking Barry. He can kind of do what he wants. He punched me and yeah. he berated me, and, but it's still fucking Chuck. It's yeah. okay. Keith could take a punch. Right? <laughs> He's like, I'm, yeah. I'm good, I'm good, it's Chuck. Um, but there's a Steve Jordan clip that followed it. I, I, I went down the rabbit hole, as it were, and Jordan's pretty young then, playing in the 80s with with Chuck and with Keith. Yeah. Chuck's, uh, Jordan's ridiculous. He's, he's the Stones drummer now, isn't yeah, he? He's the right, only yeah. the guy that could replace Charlie. That's right, yeah. And he, uh, yeah, got his wicked start as uh, part of Letterman's band. He just, He'll never yeah. dress the same. So good. That's what it, you know what? You've just corrected me. I'm an old man with, with uh, uh, you know, <laughs> memory lapses. That's what it was. Yeah. It was Letterman's band. Yeah, who the yeah. Fuck, who the fuck were they playing with? I can't he was, recall. He was, yeah, Jordan he, was whacking it. That's where he got his start. Was uh, world's with, most with dangerous God. band. That's right, with them, and then, yeah. then of course when he left and just fucking ended up hanging out with Keith Richards, and you know made that brilliant record and a couple of brilliant records, and then uh, nobody's snare sounds like the crack of nope. uh, Steve Jordan's abs. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I love Steve Jordan's <laughs> snare. So freaking good. Yeah, the best. It's so good. Um. And before so, that, yeah. before that, we had uh, Kelly McMichael, yes, uh, from St. John's, Newfoundland, and uh, she, with her brand new song "Tour from Hell," and uh, she, where she's singing about the trials and tribulations that come with hitting the road to play to the masses, and uh, she can draw on her own experiences as both a solo act and part of Sarah Harmer's touring band, mm -hmm. and that song that you heard, which which reminded. Um, which reminded Jeff of uh, "Our Lips Are Sealed" by the Go Go's, and I can see that. Mm -hmm. um, she Just wrote that song. Yeah. yeah, she wrote that song for the East Coast Music Hour series, "The Story in the Song." So that's brand new music from St. John's Kelly McMichael. Nice. Sweet. 
Uh, Jeff, let yes, us know. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, the Blue Hotel podcast. <laughs> I love doing it. So I was uh, just thinking about it earlier this evening. I'm always always thinking about the Blue Hotel podcast. If you could let us know what it, uh, let the people know what it's all about, because I I fucking love it, and I just I think it's a really cool concept, and and it's, it's thank really, you really good stuff. Uh, last summer, I was I was uh, thinking about what else can I do to extend my career to to ma- uh, help me have more fun uh, in this studio that I'm sitting in Wildwoods Blue here in Thornbury, Ontario. It's a modest little uh, attic studio where I do records and rock stars. And You're just up in Thornbury. Yeah. Oh fuck! I'm gonna come visit. You should. You I should. 100%. You're welcome. I do gigs here in the backyard too. I, I do one with a London band called the Rumble Bees, July the eighth. Um, and, and this this will be stale dated. I'm sorry, July eighth, twenty twenty three. I'm going to or did, depending on when you're listening. <laughs> nice. Thornbury, Thornbury is where I am. But uh, I'm, I'm sitting here last summer thinking, what else can I do? I love music. I'm not going to stop doing radio shows and podcasts about music, interviewing bands, blah blah blah. Uh, what else can I do? What else do I really like? Well, I like playing drums. I'm not a professional drummer. I'm not going to do a drummer's podcast. I'll, I'll work some of that into the music podcast anyway. Mm-hmm. What else do I like? I like sex um, a <laughs> lot. And, and we, most of us do. Yeah. But how can I work that into a career? Well, I can do a. <laughs> <It's pretty easy. laughs> right? I'm a little late on It's porn. the world's oldest profession, Jeff. Right? You know? That's right. <laughs> I'm a little late on porn and um, and maybe maybe an inch or two shy. Um, but I, I can talk. Tall? You're not. Exactly. I'm not tall enough to You're do porn, right. but, uh, but I can talk to people. So I thought, um, um, sex therapists, relationship coaches, sex workers, psychologists, LGBTQ, highly inclusive, the whole spectrum. Who can I have on? Well, I've, I've done about 25 episodes now. And, and so there's two distinctly different types of episodes. There's audio erotica, which, uh, I, I narrate. And, and usually write stories about um, people getting down. And uh, and then I do the interviews. So the standalone interview podcasts, standalone audio erotica podcast episodes, and it's all under the umbrella of the Blue Hotel. Just uh, the other day to kick off Pride Month, I'll just give you an example of an episode with an interview. Um, Robin Oaks, it's got a musical angle. If you know the name Oaks, hold your calls. Um, Robin Oaks is the premier um, spokesperson out of the Boston area uh, for bisexuality. She's bi, but she's monogamous, and she's married to a woman. Um, so she was my she was my guest, and she puts uh, language around bisexuality that is easy to understand and that is really comprehensive. And she tells me how she came up with it, among other things. Now, Oaks. Anyone anyone know the name Oaks? O C H S. O C H S. Yeah. So, Phil, Phil Oaks. There you go. Yes. In the 60s. I love Dimitri so goddamn smart. Holy yes, wow. he's smart. In the 60s, you would hear the name Phil Oaks in, in conversations that included names like Woody Guthrie, Pete Seeger, and Bob Dylan. Phil Oaks was a protest singer. Phil Oaks protested the Vietnam War. Phil Oaks was uh, Robin Oaks' uh, uncle. Oh. Her mom's wow. brother. So, yeah, that was neat. So I, I got to wrap the podcast about sexuality and about relationships, saying, now let's talk about your Uncle Phil 
and she did and 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 she had great affinity for him and 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 she's sort of following in his footsteps down a different path not musically so the blue hotel podcast i think you'll dig it honestly it it really is fantastic now guys jeff does do narration for erotic um <laughs> uh, erotic books and some of the stuff that he does it's like it's really really freaking cool it's super That's interesting what Craig likes him. but i, I gotta I tell like you that. i got no i have to tell you i gotta tell you there's this episode and i don't know if you'd still be able to find it it's probably a good year back jeff appeared on the dean blundell podcast the dean blundell show and it was dean i think and lachlan cross and maybe our pal our good friend ryan lindley were mm-hmm. writing out their own kind of versions of a sexy tune and then of course they give them to jeff sexy music gets put on underneath and then his voice comes in and it's fucking fantastic and like i think i think one of them started out where jeff was like you know jessica comes into the kitchen she yells at her husband for not taking out the garbage and like but like it's it's so (laughs) freaking awesome so if you get a chance go back in the in the uh, blundell archives and just search out uh, blundell well, I, I know Lachlan Cross was there and, and Jeff Woods. It is. Well, now I, that I know. Literally, I was listening to it on the road. I almost drove off the road. It was so funny. <laughs> well, now that I know that Jeff does this, I can I can imagine him doing the spoken part of somewhere down the crazy river. Uh, oh, yeah. By, by, by Robbie Robertson. Jeff Woods is the Barry White of Canadian radio. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's what we're getting at here. <laughs> that's Thank right. you, Derek. Mm-hmm. Well, Dimitri, it's funny. I just said this story to somebody the other day, ever so briefly. I was the last time I saw Robbie Robertson in studio. Uh, he he stopped and he goes, "Hey, wait a minute." I go, "What?" He goes, "I sound like you. I could do this. I could." He goes, "I could do what you do." <laughs> That's, That's amazing. Right? That's it was cute. It was cute. Cool. That's cool. oh my it. god! Yeah, I Jeff, called it. Jeff, I called it. Jeff, I, you, you I have to call it. But here, I got you one more, one more. Dimitri, fellas, you'll love this just because we're on this thread. Um, John Hyatt is a great artist, American mm-hmm. singer. He wrote yeah. a thing called Love that Bonnie Raitt had a huge hit with. Are you ready for this thing called? Yes. yes. It was yeah. John Hyatt. So, so I interviewed John years ago in, in North York at Q in, in the late 90s. And, and we got to the elevator. I was saying goodbye. We had a great chat. And he goes, he goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. He, he, the door comes back up, but the elevator door comes back up. He goes, I know who you remind me of. Robbie Robertson. So I loved that. I mean, if I could be compared to that voice, I'm good. That's awesome. I so, love John so have you ever, I, I got to ask you this question. Go have on. you ever met James Hetfield? Yeah. Your, your twin? Have you really? Yeah. This, listen, he was, he's sober, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, been, he's been on and off the wagon. He was sober when I met him. Mm-hmm. And the reason I bring that up is I saw them at the Opera House a few years ago. Oh, yeah, House, yeah, right? yeah. I got to go to that gig. And the next morning, I wasn't with the corporation anymore, but the, the label still, we had a relationship. So mm-hmm. they gave me James in a one-on-one interview the next morning. I was so hung over. <laughs> and, and, I, and, and, and the last one of the last people I saw the night before was him. I was chatting with him. And wow. I was drunk from his show. So the first thing he says when he sees me the next morning is, and this is 11 a.m., it's not like crack of dawn, is how you feeling. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, well, well, twinsy, uh, I'm a little. 
but you know what? It was worse for wear. Yeah. Twinsy. The similarity was completely lost on him. All of his tour, all of his road crew, all of his people are like, "Oh my God, you not only look like him, but you act like him." That's what they say. Oh wow! And then so so in front of him, somebody goes, "So they're like, you know, the hand gestures like to him, like, look, I mean, you're twin." Yeah. And and he he didn't even acknowledge it. Oh wow! So we got a photo together. I'll post it on Jeff Woods Radio tomorrow. Yes. We don't look the same in the photo because he does this thing with his chin where he lifts his head up a little bit sometimes when he takes photos and he looks like a different person. So so it looks like a guy that kind of looks like James Hetfield with with James Hetfield. You're standing standing (laughs) beside James Hetfield's stand in. (laughs) There it is. He's stunt double. But you know, he's a great interview. He's a hell of a nice guy, very heartful and intelligent and, and forthcoming. Well, they, he's been—he's been through the ringer. Yeah, he's—he's he's been through the ringer, and he came out with with wisdom, uh, mm. with empathy, with kindness, with with—I don't know. I think he's a good good guy. Nice, sweet, awesome. Now we're going to get our man Dimitri. We're going to still talk to Jeff on the other side. We're going to get uh, our man Jeff to sign off for us. Uh, we're going to play that a fantastic live version of Neil Young for you. Now we're going to get our man Dimitri to talk about episode fifty-five of this pokey little podcast go ahead yeah because this is episode 56 people mm. but last week if you do your math was episode 55 which is one week ago thanks for that dimitri <laughs> that's literally 12 <laughs> seconds of my life i will never get back <laughs> okay not like we okay so like we haven't been economizing our time probably but um last week we uh we had a great 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 interview with the lead singer of Econoline Crush, Trevor Hurst. And uh, it was a fantastic conversation. And uh, during that interview, I mentioned that my favorite song by the band was a song called Razor Blades and Band-Aids from their 1997 album, The Devil You Know. And uh, the reason I said that that was my, one of the reasons I said that that was such a devastating song for me was because he sings the line I miss you more than words could ever say. And the entire sentence is said in a descending melody. And it's the effect to me is just heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he had a, he had a story in response to that, that comment. And uh, here's what he said. Thank you. I I, yeah. I have a little story about that song. Was that yeah. um when we finally got it mixed? I don't know if it was mastered. I don't know if it was. Do you remember a guy named Bob Bloomer? He was like the surreal gourmet. Um, yeah. You yeah. know that guy? Yeah. So he had a, he had a house in the hills, uh, in the Hollywood Hills, and a girl, uh, Alanis Morissette, slept in the back room while she was making jagged little pill. It's a tiny little bedroom. And there's an old 1970s stereo in that house, that little house on the hill, that she would reference all of her songs. So oh. my ex-girlfriend was sleeping in that bedroom with, uh, at, like at Bob Bloomer's house, rented that bedroom out. So under the guise that I wanted to hear what razor blades and band-aids sounded like on this stereo, I took this song I wrote for her and I put it on and she lit a camel and she sat there on the couch and bawled. And oh. I remember, I remember hitting stop pulling the cassette 
out of the thing <laughs> and putting it into the little case and just walking out. Like it was. Oh my it's, god! It's, it's the only time I've ever done. Mic drop. Like that. Wow. Yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit nasty, but I, that was you know that was the, she had crushed me, and I needed to respond. And the only way I knew how was to write a song and then play it, and hopefully it it hit the chord, and it did. She was like crushed, and I was like, yes. Well done. My turn. Here's the song. Razor Blades and Band-Aids from 1997's The Devil You Know by Econoline Crush here on Canadian as Fuck on Revolution Radio. Simply chosen to fade One fruity moment I would have hoped I could stay
loved that from a kind of line crush now as promised we were gonna play it earlier but we promised to close with it uh the neil track rust never sleeps 1979 it was really a combo of a live and acoustic and uh and electric tracks electric cuts uh, side two started with the song we talked about this epic storytelling song about a guy who's there alone and people are coming with guns and he's got to defend the house the place the people and so it's a powder finger you're listening to canadian as fuck right here on revolution radio look out mama there's a white boat coming up the river
Ah, yes, from Russ Never Sleeps, Neil Young, Powderfinger. That is our man Jeff Woods. Final pick of the night right here, Canadian as Fuck, episode 56 with our co-host Jeff Woods on Revolution Radio. Brother, and, thank uh, you thank you so much for hanging with us tonight, honestly. And just a, and just a comment to Rose Rebel 99, I'll... I'll do what I can to make sure that Alanis covers razor blades and band-aids I don't by think that's gonna, Crush. I don't think that's going to happen. Come on, <laughs> let's let's do it. Let's pull whatever strings we have. I, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got the strings. We got Hello's. Jeff now. He got major strings. <laughs> Trevor Hurst, by the way, that was nice to hear and see him. He is one of the sweetest guys in all of music. Yeah. Well, let me just say, like, we had a great conversation with him last week, and that good that and that interview is available on Revolution Radio's YouTube channel. So, uh, so yeah. it's available for everybody to check out. Yeah, it was a great conversation. Yeah. And when you're done with that, check out mine from a couple of years ago because he said something that he hadn't ever said publicly before on it, and we swapped stories about the darkness that we found ourselves in at different points in our lives. And uh, he said only because his parents were no longer alive, he would tell that story. Um, wow. And, and, and I just, but, but after you, you have to listen to that interview first with Dimitri, and then you can go to mine. That's the order. If you don't do it that way, your radio will blow up. We have it set that way. Right. We have it set that, that way. way. You'll be ejected from your house. Yeah, how did we how did we manage how did we manage to to do that with the people's radios? Hey, we, we, have, we can't we tell them. Oh. <laughs> uh, right. It has to be a surprise. They have to they have to get ejected. They have to get ejected out of the car seat and go, I regret nothing. Or they're better in the house. Yeah. <laughs> We're just exactly. tell them how we did. It's like fucking. Oh, David Copperfield, how'd you make the elephant disappear? Right. Uh, fuck your face. No, we can't tell yeah. people. No, no. Unbelievable, Derek. Unbelievable. What? Still tearing, still tearing people to fuck their face. Like I, like you're literally the <laughs> only well, person I know that would says say, that. David Copperfield, no, he how wouldn't. do you do the magic trip? And nope. David Copperfield would go, go fuck your face. No, I he wouldn't. I'm, no, he wouldn't. He fucking told. Have you no. seen him? No. He has a face that would say that. Because of Canadian as fuck, more and more people are going to start talking about fucking their faces. <laughs> I mean, this is it. This is this right, is how we roll. Good, yeah. Okay. Say, hashtag. Hashtag. Everything that I did. I did say right. I wouldn't say. That right, Jeff. Everything right. that's old is new again. Jeff just said hashtag fuck your face. Right. We'll have to do at fuck your face on Instagram. It's, like it's that's trendy. my that's my Canadian as fuck T-shirt. That's, yeah. It's, it's okay. Canadian as fuck. Hashtag go fuck your face. Good <laughs> lord. Okay. We're going to sign this thing off for the night. Uh, I just want to say a huge thank you to our man, Jeff Woods. So, Jeff, if you could, oh, thank uh, you. honestly, brother, thank you so much for being here. We greatly appreciate your time. And uh, please let everyone know the socials and uh, where they can find you. Well, speaking of uh, hashtag uh, fuck your face uh, trending on, on Twitter, as it <laughs> may or may not be currently, the Blue Hotel podcast available where you get podcasts. That's number one. Number two, records and rock stars podcast where you get podcasts it's also a radio show on select stations links to all that at jeffwoodsradio.com jeffwoodsradio.com perfect we're going to get that in the stream chat right here on twitch um so again jeff thank you so much for your time oh, my friend you thank you really so much appreciate jeff. you being here dimitri love you derek love you 
Uh, I love you too. I know you do, buddy. So honestly, guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Our socials, uh, revolutionradio.live runs 24 7, 365. Shh, I'm doing the socials. Revolutionradio.live. Check us out there. There's a free audio player right at the top of the website. The website is shit. I'm working on it right now, uh, but just bear with me. We are we are trying to clean that up a little bit. But again, revolutionradio.live. Um, and of course, like the Canadian as fuck. Page. It's fine. Thanks very much, Derek. Shut up. So the, <laughs> fuck. So the Canadian as fuck, fuck podcast. This is 56 episodes we've done of this bad boy, right? Isn't we that pretty 56. pretty freaking awesome? So uh, yeah. you can just like the yeah. blue, just like the Blue Hotel podcast and Records and Rockstars podcast. You can find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts, and as well, please check out our YouTube channel. Uh, revolution radio tv it's this logo that's behind me the mirrored r's for revolution radio just just hang out with us please subscribe to the channel because i found out through our good friend ryan lindley who was on episode 46 of this uh, podcast that apparently you can't do any monetization until you hit a thousand subscribers so we're on the way and uh, please so everybody out there subscribe to us we greatly appreciate it once again revolution radio tv we're signing off tonight and that is episode 56 in the books we're done jeff woods love you brother thanks man for everything we appreciate it hi i'm emily roger and i host a leadership show called the boiling point with my co-host dave vale Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.